thank you so much for uh, joining in again. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, today, we have Joshua Williamson uh, from yeah. Dark Ride. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Um, really quickly, uh, just to jump in, like, really want to go ahead and ask. I'm just really curious. I like, caught this uh, while reading um, uh, the little, I guess, uh, the piece that uh, Thomas sent on over. Uh, so who is the ghost fan from you guys? Because I saw the Papa uh, Emeritus uh, in one of the panels. Oh, that's probably, that's just, that's, uh, that's Andre. Like, okay. Andre loves to drop as much, like, little horror stuff as he can in there. Um, and, you know, I support it. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't support horror? Um, I have a random oh, yeah. question for you, though. Yeah, um, I away. see the NWO T-shirt. Um, are you a wrestling fan? Yes. Um, oh man, I'm a There's... big wrestling fan, and uh, I haven't been watching as much uh, recently as I used to. Um, but I used to I used to go to a lot of wrestling events, and I uh, used to watch a lot of stuff. But I used to go. I used to actually work for a professional wrestler like a lifetime ago. Um, oh wow. So I've, I've gone to a bunch of different live events and uh, hung out with a bunch of different wrestlers. Uh, but yeah, I don't watch as much now as I used to. I mean, you're talking about like there's so much content now versus there was a moment there where you could get away with just watching just pay-per-views. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, the the good old days, the what was it called? The the R-rated era when it was just Monday oh, nights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had to wait a whole week. Now, I, I'm pretty sure you can watch a, a new show um, from different brands oh, yeah, like every day of the it's, week it's so much i mean the one that i i still watch is i watch on like on saturday mornings i'll watch rampage normally um right on but i know you know the, the AEW stuff and then it got to a point where i started just watching like the youtube channel stuff because like AEW puts up stuff uh, on there and i'm a little behind on wb stuff but i kind of i still read all the dirt sheets so i'm pretty aware of what's happening all the time like i still like a habit for me i still read the dirt sheets every day so uh I'm, I'm i'm pretty caught up on a few things here and there uh are, are you guys regular watchers i i actually just barely jumped back in on the latest oh, wrestlemania um it had been like 10 years since i watched the show and i don't know what it was man like i i put it on it just happened to be on peacock now that it streams on there and it just sucked me back in like it just reinvigorated like what I used to feel watching wrestling That's awesome. and I've I been hooked ever since um, it's, a, the, it's a good time right now because there's competition between AEW and WWE but also you have um, you know Vince McMahon retired and Triple H is in charge now and I think that Triple H being you know who he was and being like innovator but also you know really supporting of the wrestlers you know so I think right, right now it's really a good it's a good time for wrestling yeah, I really loved it. He's been uh, beefing up the roster, which was one of my biggest issues was just yeah, watching the same yeah. matches over and over again, you know? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But um, I also wanted to talk about something before we jump into the story of Dark Ride. Um, mm -hmm. How What came about or what was the idea behind this Tony Fleek's variant homage cover program? Oh, uh, I've known Tony for a long time. Um you know, we've been friends. We have a lot of friends in common. Uh, Tony did this book called Stray Dogs. Yep. And when it is Stray Dogs, I remember somebody told me the pitch for Stray Dogs like years ago. They're like, oh, Tony's on this book and it's called Stray Dogs. They told me what the pitch was and I was like, that's the greatest pitch I've ever heard in my life. Like, I was so, <laughs> like, a supporter of that book. And then I saw Tony 
I want to say, I, I might have saw Tony like three years ago. He already had issue one done. So even though it only came out last year, he had it done back in like 2019, I think. And um, yeah, it was like early 2022 or early 2020. He gave me a copy of issue one to read, um, like a like a one that he had made as like a presentation package. And I read that and I was like, dude, this is so good. And then it blew up and then also blew up. They did a shit ton of variants for it. Mm-hmm. And and so when we um, when I started putting this book together, I always had this idea. I was like, oh, I want to do instead of just doing homages of horror movies, I want to take Disney movies or kids movies and do horror versions of them. And so I started putting this idea together and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to go out to different artists. But my schedule is crazy. Like I work on a lot of stuff for DC and I have a lot of creator own books I'm working on. And it was like, there was no way I was going to manage it. And I was talking to a friend and they were like, you should get somebody to do like manage this side of things. And when it came to these variants, I was like, yeah, I kind of want to do what Tony did. And I was like, I wonder if I can just ask Tony. So I called Tony up and I'm like, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think? And then he, uh, he agreed, like he agreed to kind of show run this line of variants and then hire the same kind of artist that did the stray dogs variants. And we knew the first one we were going to start off with was the little mermaid one, because I think that one was the one I had the most, like in my head, I had a vision of what it could be. Right. So, uh, just got on the phone with Tony a couple times, do some text messages, send a bunch of ref, and then Tony, who totally gets it, uh, just took it and ran with it, and it's awesome. Yeah, that Little Mermaid one, my wife is just pining over it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she she loves the Little Mermaid, and I and I got the the press release on this, and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to see this. <laughs> and yeah, she's recently, so cool. yeah, she's recently. Um, accepted the horror genre when i've met her i I could scare her putting something on like child's play and now uh we're we're delving into the whole shutter area oh yeah yeah that's a good channel yeah Yeah. she's she's getting there but i i really love the beauty and the bees homage homage cover just the whole cassette tape man it just brought back so many yeah they really got it i i'm a big you know this goes into the book it's like i'm a big like disney person you know like mm. uh we, we we plan out disney trips like long in advance i grew up in california i used to go to disney all the time and when i was in high school there was like two paths i could take it was like do i work in comics some some form of comics or do i try to become an imagineer and work on amusement parks you know try to work for disney and it was like those are the two paths i was thinking about when i was in high school and I, I decided to go toward comics um, and went went in that direction. Uh, but it's always been a part of my brain that's always been a little bit thinking about Imagineering. And so it's like those two things that I'm obsessed with of like Imagineering and amusement parks, like the development of parks and how parks are made and how you create these like massively immersive experiences. And also my love of horror. Like once I put those two things together, that's pretty much what made Dark Ride. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, that they're two of your biggest obsessions are horror and amusement mm-hmm. parks. Um, how did that come about? Like, what what was the biggest thing that just, you know, made you absolutely fall in love with these things? Well, horror, I think just growing up a kid in the 80s, where it was like, <laughs> you know, there was so much really cool horror that was coming around that time period. You know, it's like, because the Texas Chainsaw is later 70s. 
But once you get into the 80s, you have things like, you know, Halloween is fully up and running by then. And you have things like Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, you have the Friday the 13th movies. And then later in the 80s, you start getting into stuff that was like this weird, like the 80s is really fascinating to me because the 80s is this weird moment where you look at like Steven Spielberg and you look at a lot of like ambient pictures where it was this weird connection between kids and horror. You know, you're looking at, again, like Gremlins, you look at Goonies, mm-hmm. which isn't really horror, but you look at something like The Pit. Um, there was just this weird moment where it was like horror stuff. It was a different level of cool. It was kind of changing. Um, and then you get later in the 80s, you get things like, you know, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Like, I remember seeing Army of Darkness in the theaters. Um <laughs> All of those things really, and I was a kid too. Like, yeah, you know, and and going into you, when you start thinking about like the creation of uh, VHS and how much VHS impacted two genres, like like crazy. VHS impacted Disney movies because all these Disney movies that originally you couldn't see unless you saw them in the theater. Now kids could watch them, and they started re-releasing stuff. So all these movies that had previously been kind of out of circulation. Now we're being seen by people, and I think kids by the first time because of VHS in the early '80s. And so that that impact isn't huge. Like VHS tapes, like are huge because Little Mermaid is '89. So once you have VHS tapes, it's like all these movies are being seen for the first time. Like if you're a kid in the '80s, you would think all those Disney movies came out in the '80s. Like you would think like Snow White, uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty, Robin Hood, Peter Pan. You would think they all came out in the '80s because the VHS tapes came out in the '80s. Uh, and then you get, again, you know, you get Little Mermaid in 89. So that's a big piece right there. Like, and uh, being able to watch all that stuff on VHS, going to, you know, the, the, the video store and walking around looking at all these, you know, getting to rent movies and get to rent these Disney movies. But on the other side of that, the other thing that blew up because of VHS was horror. Uh, you know, you go into whatever, whatever. When I was a kid, it was called Wizard Video. That was the place we'd go to before the, before I would go to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or Warehouse Video. It was this one called Wizard Video. Mm-hmm. And I would go in there and, you know, they had the horror section. And they are just picking out movies by whatever had the dopest box art. You know, it's like, that looks cool. I'm getting that. That looks cool. I'm getting that. Or that looks really creepy. I'm not really sure if I'm going to get that one or not. Like, I remember watching Shocker when I was a kid just because the cool box art looked rad. And I would always just grab stuff, you know, with a dollar a piece. So you're just getting whatever. Um, but those are the things of like, I think my opinion on horror and Disney, but my opinion on some of the stuff where it's merged in weird ways, but that's the stuff that really, uh, made me fall in love with all of that. I think because I was able to have so much access to it because of the VHS tapes. Um, that's what really made me fall in love. I think again with horror, but also some of the Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this other thing I have it right here. Um, the other thing actually, I moved it. The other thing that really, really made me fall in love with horror as a kid is this book. Um, it's called Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I know there's like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was a Nickelodeon late, later. Mm. But Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. Like, I have the treasury book here. It has all of it. Um, this one, dude, like, reading this, like, in elementary school, like, I would say in some form or another, everything I've ever done in comics, especially the horror stuff like Neil Biter and Ghosted, are in some way connected to this book. Like, um, and, and same thing with Dark Ride. Like, it all kind of comes back around to this. And obviously, I read a lot of Goosebumps when I was a kid, too. Um, 
but this one i think this is the one that really this is this is the one that really like in elementary school or really i gravitate towards a lot was this you know i was addicted to this book like whenever we had an option of what we could read in class i was always like scary stories tell in the dark like this really spoke to me so that's that's really where my horror love came from is, is all of that no yeah i i feel you man um one thing I, I really miss about movies as much as I love having like every movie available to me with all these streaming platforms, oh, yeah, window nice. shopping for films is something that should have never gone away in my opinion. Um, it was just an experience oh, yeah. within itself. And I actually own that copy of that book as well. Um, oh, yeah. I've had it. I've had it since, since I was in school and they just, charged me so much that they let me keep it because i refused yeah, to give it back so <laughs> what's um, funny about this book one of the things i love about this book uh is that they also have in the original book they had this too they had this like appendix where he basically talked about what were the uh influences for each story right because he he didn't just like make these stories up a lot of them came from like folklore um and he was doing his version of that folklore so i always thought it was interesting where if you read this book it's always like oh, this is, you know, his version of it. And then the, you go to the back and you can read, like, this is where he heard this horror story for the first time. And this is, like, the research he did about whether or not it's true or not. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I love this. Yeah, I love it, man. That's a that's a heck of an origin story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talking about Dark Ride, um, I believe this is a limited series, right? Well, it's going to depend, you know, um, it, it's just going to depend on the story. Like, I don't always, like, stick that number on things for sure. Um, I know I have at least a year worth of story, but it's all going to depend on, you know, again, like, the story and how long it takes. Um, I don't remember which book it was for sure. I need to remember, but when Brubaker was doing, it was either Fatal or Kill or Be Killed. It might have been Fade Out, actually. I think it, I think it was Fatal, though. They thought it was going to be like 10 issues and it ended up being 18. Um, it just depends on the story. And like once we're going into it, you never know. I might turn a corner at some point or realize this happens every once in a while. If I'm lucky, I can do it where it's like I'll be in the middle of an issue and I realize it's supposed to be um, it's actually two issues, not one, you know? Right. Uh, like that happened on Robin. When I was doing Robin for DC, there was an issue where I turned it in and me and the editors were like, this is two issues, not one. Then you, you break it, you restructure a little bit. Um, so it just depends. Right on. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I asked because, you know, just <laughs> the implications of, of where you're taking this just has me really curious. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure you know the final pages. I'm not going to spoil it for oh, everybody yeah. else. But <laughs> um, something I really liked was kind of like that heightened sense of like horror and dread that you kind of put into everything. Mm -hmm. Because like in the first pages... Um, which kind of are touched on very ominously in the preview. Um, you know, you have that one altercation that I won't dive too deep into it, but <laughs> it's just like expected, but at the same time, shocking. And then just the way you carry that through, you know, to the building of the amusement park was just, it, it was on another level. Like it, it was really impressive, dude. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the offset of the black and white jumping to color like it it reminded me of that what you were talking about you know the old school old school horror you know something like out of creep show or something like yeah, it was really awesome yeah. um so you know 
as much as you can share <laughs> um, without you know killing um the first Sorry, issue for yeah. fans yeah <laughs> um you know what what kind of horror can the readers expect to see from dark ride i mean i think i, I try to make it like fun horror you know, like I try to think of it, like I said before, like Nightmare on Elm or uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street or Sam Raimi movies like Evil Dead and uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, what this book is about, um, without getting too deep into too many spoilers, but it, it's sort of like what if Walt Disney had sold his soul to make Disneyland, and what are the ramifications of that on him and his family? And then we get to see this this really cool like horror themed amusement park. It's called Horrorland. And the first issue, we're following this kid. His name is Owen, and he's obsessed with horror, and he loves Devil Land. And it's his first day at work. And during his first day of work, he starts to pick up. There's something wrong. Like there's definitely something going on in this park. And that, that's kind of what the first issue was about. And then we started taking some twists and turns. We introduced the family um, who runs the park. Um, and then yeah, it just becomes kind of a, a little bit of a horror show after that. Uh, and I try to explore, you know. And this goes to like with someone like you and you were saying before we started about uh, what you're afraid of. And then the idea of um, like, I've watched a lot of horror and, and I've worked in horror. Like I did a book called Ghosted for Skybound and Neil Byer. And I've done a couple things here and there about horror. And uh, I have a lot of friends that I'm really close with. who also do a lot of horror stuff. Like James Kenyon is one of my best friends. I, I talk to every day and he does a lot of horror books. And one of the things I wanted to explore with this book is, there's a character in it and he has to make something scary. He has to make something scary that can scare people. And the question that's offered really early is like, what is even scary now? Like in the world we live in, what is considered scary? And then also just the fact that a lot of us are, have seen it, you know, like we've seen like the, the gauntlet of horror movies, right? Like we've all seen so many and gone through so many horror movies and TV shows and comic books that like, what would surprise us? What would scare us? And that's kind of one of the challenges uh, for me as a writer, like working on this book, but I have one of the characters also going through that where it's like he has to create something scary and is he going to be able to do that? Um, I thought it'd be fun to do a horror book that also kind of questions what he, what is even horror at this point. Um, but yeah, that's all what it's about. And Andre Brisson is the artist on it. Um, he and I did 50 issues of Birthright together, uh, which was a family, uh, a family fantasy story that we did is skybound um and after we finished that up we knew we wanted to do something that was horror related and that's where we uh, started working on dark ride so, yeah uh, um i'm sorry go ahead, go ahead thomas no you first oh i was just gonna ask um i have a quick question in, yeah. in regards to just uh some a curiosity of mine um something yeah. i i have like a a belief in is you know um that there can be such evil that can you know um create horror in a way um and, and back to nailbiter you know you you were centered on on a town in oregon with you know yeah. all these serial killers and then you have um warren that what you know leads to the title he bites off his victims um nails um do, do you have any sort of you know speculation or belief that there can be so much evil in a place that you know it it turns into something more like supernatural or sinister. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like I guess I do feel like a place can have really negative energy in it. Like you can have a situation where enough things have happened in that location that either 
subconsciously you walk into it feeling that. I don't know. Like, I do get vibes, I guess, off of people or off of location where you're like, man, I get a weird feeling with this place, you know? And I, I think we all do on some extent. I'm not sure if I would say that it could push so far into the supernatural. I'm always willing to listen to that stuff, though. Like, I love hearing horror stories. I love hearing people talk about that stuff. Um, do I, like, 100% believe it, like, unquestioning? No, but I think that's part of the fun is the questioning of it. Like, I also love, like, found footage horror movies. That's part of it, because so much found footage is about, like, it's grounded in reality, and then you're entering into... Because there's something so much raw, so raw about the found footage piece of it that it creates a question mark. Um, but yeah, with, with, with Nailbiter and with this, I like putting people in these situations where you have to debate it, because that was even the thing with Warren and Nailbiter was, and this gets a little Nailbiter spoilery, but the debate in Nailbiter was, you know, are you born this way or are you made this way? That was part of it. And and Warren <laughs> fully believed he was born this way. And getting to explore those ideas of, you know, nature, nurture, and, and you know, can a, can a location be haunted? Can a person be haunted? Because that was what Ghosted was about. It was about, Ghosted was about a person being haunted, not a location. And uh, getting to kind of play around with those ideas, um, but I like hearing that stuff. I don't know if I'd ever said I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, more of a you want to believe it, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, if somebody came to me and they said that this thing is haunted, I would be like, dude, I got to hear about this. Like, why is this place haunted? You know, like, whenever people talk about that stuff, I, I'm also, even when it comes to, like, fiction, you know, I, I love the uh, high story stuff, you know, Um you know, it's just special of like somebody believes this place is haunted. I, I have to like watch it or read it. I, I think it's really interesting. If I right. saw the reviews and somebody is like, this place is haunted, I'd be like, I'm reading that article, you know? Um, it's just, I just find it to be really interesting. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I just saw a TikTok video on random thing um, to mention, but um, yeah, some yeah. lady was talking about um, her going to a haunted museum mm. and she was having some pretty gnarly stuff going on while she was there and the owners of the museum um, gave her some sage and they asked her um, to leave. They refunded her money and they were like, the spirits are not vibing with you right now. They're not happy. So um, take That's the so sage, um, <laughs> cleanse yourself and uh, have a good day basically. But yeah, that's fascinating. Dude. Yeah. That's so fascinating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm with you on the found footage um, type films. Yeah. I just rewatched Hell Hells LLC. Such a good oh, dude, movie. Too. I've never watched those. I have them oh. saved. So this is what it is, all right? So, like, my schedule is screwed. So uh, Shudder, um, that is, like, one of the more recommended videos to me personally. I hear it's real good uh, because my schedule is so crazy and I have, like, just a small window to watch anything at this point. Um, right. That's the one that I really want to see, but I'm always, like, I want to make sure I have a dedicated two hours to watch it, and I'm like in the zone for it. But um, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to see that one. It's it's, yeah. it's up there. It's up there. Everyone says it's real good. And I just haven't got around. It, to it. There's a bunch. Like I want to see a like. There's a couple movies I want to see right now without getting into spoilers. But I, I want to try to find a way to sneak away and watch Pearl and watch Barbarian. But I'm like, I don't know. Yes, I, I saw X. I actually got to see X here mm -hmm. at the house like a month ago or two months ago now. Um, 
but I'm behind you. I'm so like my schedule is so crazy. I'm I'm so far behind on everything. Yeah, but... I'm with you. Usually when it's available on streaming is when I finally get around to watching it, unless it's Yeah. like a project for us. <laughs> Mm hmm. um, Mm hmm. but yeah, definitely recommend you watch it from beginning to end when it comes to Hell House, because it's one of those um tension buildup type films that if you cut it off, uh, it, it's not gonna feel the same when you They're jump not going to feel back the same. in. Yeah. That's what Yeah. I thought about Malignant. Like, Malignant was really fun. Like, that. like I had a really good time watching Malignant. I'm glad I watched it in one sitting because it was just bonkers, you know? Yeah. Um, but, Dan, you, you had a question? <laughs> Sorry, Uh, uh, there's a okay. crazy dust storm going on right now, and uh, started rattling the door. So my dog went insane. But yes, I did have a question. Um, I was curious. Uh, so the uh, the dad in uh, you know the first issue, like, is he? Uh, you know, do you guys get inspiration from someone in real life that you guys know about? Not really. I mean, because obviously I don't want to go too deep into anybody, like, make it based on anybody real. But I did think about, um, you know, uh, when the Haunted Mansion was being made, um, you know, Walt Disney died in the middle of them making it. Well, what happened was they built the facade. They didn't build the inside, right? And there were two people. It was Claude Coates and Mark Davis who were working on the Haunted Mansion at the time. Mark Davis wanted it to be funny and Claude Coates wanted it to be um, scary. And I always found that really interesting. Um, eventually decided to make it both. So like the first half is scary. The second half is funny and the existentio formed the music for across the whole thing that brings it together. Um, but I've always been fascinated by this idea that they were like this debate of should the Disneyland rides be scary or should they be funny? And if you look at some of the earlier rides, some of them were scarier. Um, And I always had this idea of like, what if Claude Coates had like won that argument? What if he had been right? And they had made every single ride scary after that. Um, so that kind of influenced me like a little bit. Um, but it's not like any one person because I didn't want to go into all that. Just we knew we were making him as like kind of a villainous character, you know? I didn't want to be like, oh, he's based on this person. So we just Right. made up a whole other character and he's influenced by a lot of different people, but really just like horror movie directors, you know, people who love horror um, at a time where I think there were certain people like horror isn't what we have now. There was a time and I, to this day, like horror is sometimes looked down on, you know, um, I imagine back then it was even worse. You know, you're talking about like in the sixties, people were like, oh, horror movies. <laughs> That's Oh, yeah. for <laughs> that theater over there, you know, so I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to make a person that kind of embody those ideas of how horror was looked up, was looked down on, which is how it was in the beginning. And then versus now where and we even have that in the park where it's like, at the beginning, his wife is like, horror sucks. And then we have all this, the ending where everyone goes horror. And that's a major part of uh, one of the sequences is. another character in the book is like, we should make everything PG or G rated and family friendly and, And that main character, or I'm sorry, the, the Arthur Dante's character, his son, you know, is like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be about the horror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, um, I know we're out of time, but Yeah, it's okay. I just want to say, Joshua, um, I really appreciate it, man. We're super excited about the comic. Um, we hope you get to see as many issues as you're looking Yeah, for. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Dark Ride number one will be available on October 5th this Wednesday. So not too late to hit up your local comic shop. Artless.io